I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training, and I offer transformational coaching. But that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters, wives, and friends. We're always learning, and we've both experienced healing by what we teach. And the intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life. Each week, we'll share stories, answer your questions, and talk to others who inspire us. Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. It's a snow day here today, Amy. It is. You don't usually get snow, do you? Vancouver rarely gets snow. Uh, last week, Seattle was snowed in, I heard, and we're about a two and a half hour drive away from Seattle. And so the last three days, it's been snowing like crazy. My daughter didn't have school today. She likely won't tomorrow because, as you can imagine, in a city that doesn't get a lot of snow, when it does, nobody knows what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Everything comes to a halt. Yeah, no snow tires. And thankfully, uh, in my radio career, and I lived in quite a few places, I lived in some prairie provinces and I lived in Toronto where there was for sure snow and Albuquerque, New Mexico had snow in the winter for sure. So I have those winter driving skills, but some don't. Some don't. Yeah, that creates chaos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and what about there? What's the season of later winter uh, yeah. holding in store in Ohio? It could be anything. It could, oh, Ohio is so unpredictable. Um, so last week we, we had a snowstorm over the weekend. So we had maybe half a foot of snow. And then the next day, the temperatures um, rose above freezing. And so then it rained all day. And now all the snow has gone. We can have wide swings in the temperature. Um, we had a big cold snap, maybe last week where it was brutally cold. Like, I know you're Celsius or Fahrenheit. I heard all about the, the polar vo- vortex, right? <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. It just, yeah. it made your face hurt when you went outside and it could be, va- they were giving all kinds of warnings, you know, not to be outside at all with exposed mm-hmm. skin and you could get frostbite very quickly. And then within a few days, it was like in the fifties. So it was very warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, you just never know. Well, we're very purposely talking about the weather because it's this time of year that's inspiring our podcast today. And I'll refer our listeners to our episode number one just a few weeks ago because today we'll also be talking about the doshas, which in Ayurveda, Ayurveda views the doshas as these qualities or constitutions that each person is made up of. There's three of them, but they're also related to elements and they're also related to each season. So we are heading into, I'll let you take it away, my Ayurvedic teacher, we're heading into uh, Kapha season. We are. So late winter, early spring is Kapha season. And depending on how the season, how quickly the seasons change where you live, um, it may arrive sooner or later. But definitely we're starting to feel it generally here with the cold, damp, heavy weather. Kappa is made up of earth and water. And when you mix earth and water, you get mud and things can be very muddy right now outside. 
So just looking outside the window, I can see plenty of mud, um, lots of heavy, damp snow, gray skies, um, still cold, but that heavy quality is coming in now as the weather moves more towards spring. And you can feel the qualities of the cold and the heavy and the inert and maybe the lethargic qualities of kappa season start to take root in our bodies. That's the beautiful simplicity of Ayurveda is we learn to look outside to make sense of what we're feeling inside. And I can absolutely relate. I tend to be pitta vata, so pitta, the element of fire, those qualities of being determined and um, having structure and warming, and then vata, air and ether. But lately, I've been feeling as though that inner fire in my belly, that fire of motivation has become a little doused. So it makes sense that now we're in the season of heavy water and heavy earth. And I can feel that. And you might be feeling it because you are familiar with the, with the heat of Pitta. I am strongly Kappa. And so it's a familiar feeling to me. So it might be an unknown feeling to you. And you might be like, what is going on? I'm used to all this fire inside of me. And for me, being strongly kappa, it is a it is a familiar feeling to hibernate and get cozy and lay on the couch and want to nap and not want to work out. And you know, those are very familiar feelings for me. So kappa season can make me feel very heavy because those are qualities that I already have in me. And then those are exacerbated even more now that we're moving into kappa season. So Ayurveda is all about finding balance and finding harmony within all three doshas, which we all contain to some degree or another. Mm -hmm. So you say that this is familiar, but extra. It's, It's almost like it's even more predominant now. And we both know that with feeling heavy physically, that we also feel heavier and a little gloomier emotionally. Mm-hmm. Have you been noticing that that's been coming up? I, you know, I've been feeling more moody, more inclined to have, or I'm less motivated. Um, I am not as inspired right now. And, and I know this about myself. This is a seasonal thing for me, you know, as we move into kappa season. This is, these are familiar feelings to me. And I know that there are things that I can do to bring in the opposing qualities or balance out these, you know, feelings of heaviness and lethargy and inertia. I can hopefully pacify those by creating more movement, even if I'm uninspired to do so, working out, going to the gym, upping the intensity of my yoga practice to bring in more warmth or more heat to create that movement in the body, move that stagnation out. Those are things that I know that I should be doing, but also it's harder to be motivated to do those things because of that heavy feeling in the body and in the mind. I also love that. It gives us an understanding and more compassion for ourselves when we realize that it's almost futile to fight this battle. And it's, 
I think more helpful, and I'm telling myself this, this is me giving myself this advice, mm-hmm. to, to allow this. Because the other thing we see as we look outside is nature is still turned inward. Yes, it is early spring. You know, we can visualize the life to come depending on where we live. But it may offer us a little bit more compassion and softness to ourselves when we know that this heavy, earthy, wet quality is all around us. And that's why we might feel less motivated. And I also love what you're saying, that there is a way to pacify it. And looking elementally, again, so beautiful and simple. How do we pacify cold and wet? We bring in, we bring in mobility. We bring in fire. And there's lots of different ways that we can do that. So I absolutely love that. And not just through movement, likely also through you know, food, thinking of food as medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Through spices, you know, creating more spicy, warm foods, more caliente, if you want, you know, bringing more, more heat into our food from a spice sense. Spontaneity is another way that you can balance the qualities of kapha, like being spontaneous or doing something that you don't normally do, breaking up your routine as far as your activity or, what you do for fun or trying something new. Those are things too that can ignite that fire a little bit and move that inertia out of the body and out of the mind. I was thinking about that. If you're thinking about the quality of the elements and how we feel emotionally, let's say that we are struggling with heavier emotions right now. It would make sense that choosing warmth when it comes to even emotions, so maybe even a gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. And I'll share what worked for me today because I definitely have been struggling with the congestion that also comes with kappa season. I think probably a lot of people that are listening can relate with having this kind of never ending cold feeling, you know, yeah, a lot of phlegm. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of mucus. There's a lot of coughing in yoga classes right now. You can always lay on your side in Shavasana, by the way. You don't, you know, you don't have to try to stifle it. That's the worst. But, yeah. um, you know, we're feeling congestion, I think, physically. But that also translates to congestion when it comes to our emotions. I find that for myself. And so the last couple of days, it has been hard to move and get off the couch and on one hand, I want to be able to let myself rest because as someone who has some a pretty good amount of pitta in them, uh-huh. um, it can frustrate me. You know, I can feel down on myself and, and tell myself that I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And then I'm just adding to how bad I feel and I'm not, I'm not allowing what my body wants to do at all. I'm at odds, which is making my emotions even heavier, moving my mind into what's going right and what I appreciate in a gratitude practice, as simple as that may seem, it really makes a difference. It it's, brings us back into the heart. But also today, I noticed that I moved into learning. So there was all these tasks that I needed to do, but I'm also back in school and studying. And So I focused on learning and I noticed that that started to give me a real lift. And before long, I felt energized on a physical level. And I think that's also kind of hitting it 
on a koshic level. In our last podcast, you mentioned the word koshas, and we just briefly described that yoga views the human body as, as being multi-layered, multi-dimensional, if you will. We've got the physical body and the uh, breath body, subtle body, energetic body, however you want to look at it, and then the mental bodies, and then all of those are sort of covering this anandamaya kosha, the bliss body, who we really are. And I've heard it said that you can feed the mind, that mental body, by stimulating the mind and moving towards learning. And then that's almost a pathway towards feeling motivated, towards uh, maybe broader perspectives, which when we're present and when we're open to that, it does open us up to that wellspring of vitality. So how are you doing that? Well, today it was moving towards the course that I'm taking, but I think it could be anything that we're interested in when it comes to if we have the opportunity to read something that we're interested in or even move into something that's creative. Listening to music probably would have the same effect or reading a beautiful piece of poetry. I think those are all different ways that we can feed the mind. And just from my experience, if nothing else is working when it comes to lethargy, sometimes, and it probably is related to spontaneity, as you were speaking about. It's something that breaks us out of the routine. Rather than listening to the news or maybe the typical scroll that we might do, if we decide, you know what, I'm going to put on my favorite song and I'm going to turn it up. I was just thinking that that what I do is I, I turn the music on very loud and I dance around while I get ready and and it looks crazy, but it feels good and it's creating movement that is different from exercise and it's spontaneous and creative and gets your blood moving and you know, nobody has to watch, but it's just a fun way to, to create warmth in the body and have some fun and get that kappa moving. It doesn't feel like something you have to do. No, not at all. Because we all have those. <laughs> <laughs> Too many of those. Many, many things we have to do. And that doesn't take you very long, but it was something that you want to do. So it gave the heavier emotions a warm. Yeah. Anybody can do it. It's accessible and you don't feel like you're exercising or you don't feel like you're, you know, doing a task, but yeah, definitely music is one way to really get my body moving. So would you say for those people who really feel like they suffer seasonally, um, would you say that Kappa is like from an Ayurvedic standpoint, the the reason for that as well? For sure. We've heard the term seasonal affective disorder and you know, that relates to people feeling down or blue or lethargic, you know, as the days are shorter and the weather's colder and we're not getting as much sunlight. And that's a real thing. You know, that's a, that's a Western diagnosis, but you can see that exact same condition from an Ayurvedic standpoint that right now that's what's happening. You know, the days we're moving into longer days now, but as the days got shorter, I could really feel it, you know, towards the end of December where there was no daylight when I went to work and there was no daylight when I got off work. And, you know, I just wanted to hibernate. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to create. I didn't want to, I wasn't inspired. I was down, you know, feeling that inertia and that lethargy. And I can feel that, warmth coming back as the days get longer, but I can still feel that heaviness. And it feels like you 
you're wearing a heavy coat, what could you do to take off that heavy coat maybe or layers of, you know, heavy clothing that you're wearing right now. So that's almost what we need to do as we move out of, to move out of kappa season is remove these heavy layers that we have accumulated throughout the season. And sometimes I find that a nice first step is inquiry and you and I partake in this practice together just to practice it in real time. And a question that I might ask myself in that case is, this is close to the season of rejuvenation. And when we think about the emotion that likely is being felt more often when it comes to kappa, I'd say sadness. Would you agree? Yeah. that, That low sadness. We know that there are specific questions that we can ask ourselves when we're processing emotions as we learn to observe our emotional states more than identify with them. And so it's been really helpful for me to ask the questions related to sadness, which are what wants to be released and what wants to be rejuvenated. But I like for this time of year, the personal inquiry of what can be rejuvenated. And so, you know, I'm going to ask you, (laughs) (laughs) my COPPA friend, Yes. um, what wants to be renewed? So I know for myself that my personal yoga practice needs to be renewed. You know, I do, I do practice yoga, not every day, but many days a week. But I know, and I've been having this conversation with myself that my yoga practice needs to be up leveled. You know, I've been hanging out in the restorative yoga practices for the winter because it feels so good to hibernate and restore and relax and rejuvenate. But I've been having this conversation with myself that my physical activity needs to be rejuvenated. And from a yoga perspective, we both know that the kind of practice, if we have yoga practitioners listening, the kind of practice that can start to move the quality of kapha is a much more warming practice. This doesn't mean that you have to go to vinyasa power flow. In fact, a longer hold, something that is offering some more strengthening for the muscles of your body and warming you. You'd like to get sensitive to the warmth being in your torso. And then this this is something that I know you already knew, but it is a new learning for me. But the kapha really responds and is helped to move around if we're opening up that symbolic heart. So stretching mm-hmm. open across the chest Mm-hmm. And that's very enlivening. And so those are the sequences that I've been teaching in my public classes. And they do feel so good. Mm-hmm. But the piece, here's the piece. And I think you probably relate with me here. Is yeah, I've got a daily practice. But lately, motivating myself to get moving. It's like something has to happen in the mind first. So that's why I was very gratified today when I didn't do my physical practice, I reached for my studies and then I started to notice that I felt physical and then it was wonderful to go and embody what I just learned on the mat. So this is my next question for you. What would happen if you if you did maybe write it down or even just list in your mind and maybe you wouldn't mind even just doing this real time here with me too? Would there be a warming and a moving of heaviness if you listed, you know, what was going right and 
and the beauty around you and the good around you that you're receiving? It's so much is going right. You know, I, I have a beautiful new granddaughter who is growing bigger every day, who I just am enamored with. And I have my two grandsons who are just a delight and, you know, my job is going well and it's fulfilling and I love my yoga students. Um, you know, they bring me so much inspiration and I have a wonderful husband and I live in a really cool city that has a great cost of living and a low crime rate. (laughs) And I have a lot of things on the agenda this year that I'm very inspired to do. So new trainings that I'm going to take and um, trips that we're planning. I know that as I'm planning these things, this is the season when I normally start to plan as I feel myself move out of that hibernation and begin to plan the year. I don't plan it in December and I don't plan it in January, but because I really hibernate during those years or during the the time of year. But as I move closer to moving through Kappa season, I become a little more inspired. And so I can see that with the plans I am making for the rest of the year. Mm, I just started to feel energized listening to you list all of those things that are going right and everything that you're excited about. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I can relate. It's so powerful. It's not it's not normal. We have to remind ourselves to put our minds towards what's going right. It's just seems to be more natural to share with people you may maybe what went wrong during the day. Um, but I can really relate. I I love the city that I live in. It's beautiful. We rarely do get snow, and it's like we live in a forest here. So it looks like a magical Christmas town, even though it's. I'm a, a month too late for that. And I feel so grateful as well for my partner, my husband, and the 20 years that we've been together and the harmony that we have cultivated together and the support that I feel from him. And that practice of, and I, and, and I feel so grateful for the opportunity to learn and the wisdom that's available from these practices and how this will be lifelong. I'm just mm-hmm. so so grateful for these practices. And oh, I, I absolutely love the simplicity of just turning our mind to gratitude and how right away I'm feeling that warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it continues to inspire me, you know, as I look at the things that I'm grateful for, you know, my, it just becomes this endless thing. You know, I can think of my daughters and I can think of my parents and I can think of my health and, you know, the security that I'm offered. And I just, I can go on and on and on and on once I get started. And that becomes inspiring and uplifting and, and starts to warm my heart. And then we open our heart in a yoga practice. And then (laughs) you use the word inspiration, which reminds me of the other meaning of the word inspiration, which is the inhale, Uh uh, taking a few deep breaths and You can also think, especially in this season of congestion, we can think of part of the exhale when we're really doing a breath practice where we're breathing long and deep. We can think of part of that exhale as as bringing kapha up and out. That can be a helpful visualization as well. Yeah. One of the homes of kapha in the body is in the chest, in the lungs. And it begins to make sense when you think of a kapha condition being very mucousy or congested. So one of the homes of kappa is in the chest. So any of those 
chest openers like you were just talking about or, or breathing practices, pranayama practices, especially the heating pranayamas, um, the heating breathing practices or the more vigorous breathing practices can also move kapha. What's your experience with those breathing practices being that you are predominantly kapha? They work. <laughs> um, when I do them, they work. Sometimes I find them hard. They can be somewhat physical, um, but yeah, they definitely work and they definitely have a, have a positive effect um, when I'm feeling the heavy effects of kapha. Speaking of the lungs, I was offered a practice at the um, women's retreat that I shared about in our last episode. Our teacher, Mary Campbell, taught, taught us Qigong every morning, which was mm-hmm. something that was new for me. Have you had much experience in Qigong? Not much. I like watching it, um, but I haven't had the opportunity to practice it much. It was very interesting, and by no means am I an aficionado or an expert at all. This, is, this was my first introduction to it, but there were practices that we did that were visualizations, which I really resonate with, but were meant to be supportive and infusing and toning for the internal organs sort of on this energetic level. And we did a practice where we opened up across the chest as we took a big inhale. And the visualization was to visualize that this white healing light was sort of infusing into the lungs. And then as we exhale, the sound was the sound of like the sound that you would make for a snake sound throughout the entire exhalation. And you were meant to visualize this gray smoke um, being released and the emotions that were being released are also the emotions connected to the lungs as far as traditional Chinese medicine is concerned, and that is grief and sadness. So it, it, all, it all correlates. All of these traditions that are thousands of years old, they're, they're all saying very similar things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they all have such wisdom, and they all do correlate, even though they grew up in different parts of the world over thousands of years. There's such wisdom that transcends all of these modalities. Mm-hmm. So yoga, just like acupuncture, when we are practicing, especially in a specific way in order to balance what's going on in our outer and inner worlds, you can think that we're balancing the energetic body. Uh, yoga might refer to that as the subtle body. And then that's going to help us feel better on all different levels. It's all connected. I think it's a great thing to discuss that kapha is ruled in that chest area. It's a congested time. Bodies are feeling congested. Emotions are feeling congested. So for those of us that are struggling and feeling blue and, and feeling dark, there is a reason for that. And that was one of the things that gave me such relief when I came to yoga, because when I look back on the big books of the past, it showed me that human beings were suffering in all the same ways that we suffer now. And that's why the science of yoga was developed to ease the fluctuations of the mind, to balance both mind, body, and energy, mind, body, and heart, even then. So it, it made me feel like I wasn't so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All these yogis thousands of years ago were probably feeling the same thing. I love the balance when it comes to how we can balance the doshas through physical practices, through the ways of the mind, through where we place our attention. 
Yeah, I love that the central aim of yoga is to ease the fluctuations of the mind. And the way I like to think about that is, you know, how we're very swayed, you know, it can bring us down into the darker emotions. If we think that someone is upset with us, or if we're in some sort of conflict, or if we feel that somebody has a lower opinion of us, and then it can warm us right up and it can make us feel lighter if somebody is offering their love to us and giving us compliments. And I'm not sure that I would ever evolve past any of that, but one of the aims of yoga is how can we stay in our center and find our own practices that bring us back to balance and kind of notice that those things are going on rather than define ourselves based on if somebody thinks we're wrong or if somebody thinks we're right. What is that saying? What somebody thinks of me is none of my business. Mm -hmm. That is such a lifelong lesson. Mm -hmm. And that brings me to, you shared it with me. It didn't end up being on a podcast yet, but I think it would be helpful because you just shared that what's bringing you a lot of inspiration right now are a lot of your plans, some of them with me for 2019. And in one of our conversations, you did share that you had a specific quality, uh, kind of a North Star. That's the way that we refer to it when we teach something that you are looking to in order to keep you inspired this year. Um, would you share that with us? My North Star of this year, one of them is stepping into my worth, that I am worthy in so many levels. You know, I'm worthy in my relationship. I am worthy in my career. Um, I'm worthy when it comes to my finances and how I take care of myself. And stepping into that word worthy really is one of one of the things that I am really focusing on this year. There are things that I, that I am worthy for. So if you had a day where you actually thought that it was an imbalance of kappa that was keeping you on the couch, because I am all for time on the couch, believe me, and I need to give myself some more of that. But mm -hmm. if you decided, you know what, it, it's, it's out of balance now, would looking at that North Star of worthy what would that bring up that might create that shift that would allow it to be a little bit easier to bring mobility into the qualities of Kappa? One of the things that I tell myself when I'm feeling that is I am worthy of good health. My body is worthy of being taken care of. And sometimes I don't want to take care of my body. You know, I don't want to exercise or eat all the right things, but I am worthy of taking care of myself. And so that is a conversation that I have on occasion when I'm not feeling motivated to, to eat in the best way or to work out or do yoga or stretch or, you know, get moving. I am worthy of good health and that takes action. And that's a, a quality of Pitta, right? Bringing in, bringing in the pacifying qualities to Kappa, the action, the fire of Pitta. That's definitely a, a Pitta quality. Pitta is like action. <laughs> um, Kappas are drawn to inaction or inertia. So definitely bringing in the qualities of fire, you know, the warmth and the movement can help pacify Kappa. And that reminds me of uh, a friend of mine who's a very gifted psychotherapist, and I know we'll have her on 
our show in the coming months as well. Her name is Jodi Cron, and she talks to me a lot about that healthy inner father. And it's it's just, this is very symbolic. It's just like the energy of the masculine. It doesn't have anything to do with gender, but that healthy inner father that we can cultivate is the one that says, you know, all right, you've had enough rest and it's time to move. Whereas, you know, the inner mother might be, say, might be saying, you know, sweetheart, just continue to rest. You need it. But we, but we need a balance of both of those. And so I'm going to share something really crazy because it worked for me. And that's what we're doing here is we just, we're just recognizing that there's all different paths home and, and we're sharing as many of them as we can. So something that I did after uh, my friend Jody shared that with me is I thought it might be helpful for me to imagine and visualize a healthy inner masculine, like a healthy inner father and that, that healthy mother. And so I came up with Meryl Streep. She's my healthy mother. And so she's very nurturing and loving and completely compassionate. And when I'm getting down on myself and, and I'm feeling shame and, and anger towards myself, she lets me know that nothing that I could do could ever change the way she feels about me. <laughs> and then, okay, all right, I'm going to share. My healthy inner father, I visualize, is The Rock. The Rock. <laughs> I just find him to be so motivated. I find him to be, have a very paternal energy. Like he's, he's probably not old enough to be my father. I know that for sure, but that doesn't matter in my imagination. So he, that it's his energy that is saying, you know what, darling, um, you've had enough and maybe it's time to put down that cookie or put down that glass of wine and eat this food because food is medicine. And and that that's such a big part of Ayurveda as well, and kind of piggybacking on what you just shared. We're we live in the world. I'd love to say that every meal I make is according to the perfect guidelines that's going to offer me balance because I do know that food is medicine. But for so long in my life, food was fun, food was numbing, food was coping. And probably that's going to also be a lifelong practice. I can't say that it won't be in those times on the couch when it just feels like you want that comfort. Um, and I can't say that that will ever be completely purified. But um, I think when we are cultivating either our North Star or some sort of inner voice that's telling us we're worthy, it flips what we're worthy for on its head. Because I think what I used to say was, well, I'm worthy of this drink. I'm worthy of this dessert. You know, I, des I deserve this. I just had a long work day and I deserve an extra helping. I work out, you know, I was good. So now I can be bad. And mm. not to say that there's not a time for any of that, but I love how worthy now is, yeah, I'm, I'm worthy of stopping when I'm full. I'm worthy of now taking myself out on a walk because I have watched eight episodes of this show. One seems to come from the mind. So when, you know, you're saying I deserve this cookie and I deserve this glass of wine and I deserve this because I've had a long day, that seems to be the mind talking. And then, you know, when I get quiet and listen for the voice of the body, 
the body says, I want good health and I don't want disease and I don't want ailments related to overindulgence. And, you know, I deserve to feel good. And that might mean movement and exercise and clean food and what drinking water, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and when the body talks to me, those are the things that I hear. And the biggest inspiration to move towards those choices for me is my why, right? And, and we both talked about it when we talked about what we're grateful for and what's going right. It's our families and our dreams. And we need to have this healthy, well-functioning body and mind in order to step into who we want to be, who we feel, who we're working on feeling that we're worthy of being. Yeah, definitely vitality and longevity so that we can attain all those things. You'll be proud of me because what I have boiling on the stove as we speak is a specific kappa reducing um, mung bean kitchery, real Mm. comfort food. And you mentioned bringing pitta in with warming spices. So it doesn't have to be, when we talk about bringing fire in to pacify the qualities of earth and water, it doesn't have to be like super hot, spicy food. We can use warming spices. For instance, in this rice dish, there are there's cinnamon and cardamom and ginger. So I'm I'm really looking forward to to eating that nourishing meal. One step yeah. anyway for today. Yeah, you're making me hungry. I'll let you know how it is. Will you turn me on to this website? Uh, the Ayurvedic website, The Joyful Belly, Uh has such great recipes. You've made us some delicious food on the retreats that we've shared. And so uh, I've made a lot of those for my family as well because they made my body feel so good. I mean, you only have to use food as a balance to your predominant dosha a couple of times and notice how good it makes you feel Mm -hmm. to inspire you to make more food like this. And it's so simple. There are hardly any ingredients. That's what I also like about it. The Joyful Belly website, I love. I love to get recipes from there. I highly recommend anybody going there if they want to begin to tiptoe into the world of Ayurvedic cooking because it is so simple. And like you said, there are minimal ingredients. You don't have to have a big repertoire of fancy um, spices. Um, The cooking is very simple. But like you said, once you have that felt experience of eating according to your body's needs, like there's nothing like it. Like you don't have all these GI symptoms that you might struggle with. Typically, you know, your body just feels really good and really nourished and supported without all the heaviness or bloating or, you know, GI distress that you might think is normal. Cooking for your constitution can change your life. No kidding. Because when we're talking about the congestion that abounds this time of year, that can also relate to your digestive system. And so it might be a good idea if you're interested in finding out about what dosha you're predominant in, there is a really nice quiz on the joyful belly but you can find online quizzes. But even I think maybe as we wrap up, just as an overview, and you can just add on, although I happen to have notes here from my yoga therapy course in front of me, 
But it's just to know that these three doshas, vata, kapha, pitta, vata is the energy of cold and dry, light, swift, mobile, irregular, rough. So think about the turbulent mind, right? Think about anxiety. We've spoken about that here. Think about feeling a little bit spacey and ungrounded. And then kappa, we've got cool, wet, oily, heavy, dense, static, and stable. Um, we've spoken, I think, at length here about kappa on this episode. And then pitta, hot, oily, light, liquid, mobile, sharp, soft, smooth. And think about the qualities of pitta when it comes to fire, when it comes to emotions, right? Irritability and frustration and anger. Think about somebody who is very motivated and wants to achieve at a very high level. I think it just makes sense. There's a simplicity in thinking, if I'm running hot, what can I do to cool myself down? If I'm feeling spacey, what can I do to bring the ground in, you know, to slow things down a little bit, to anchor the mind to maybe some rhythmic movements or some mantra? So it might be interesting for those listening to, to take a quiz, or maybe, maybe you have a sense. I mean, we all contain all three of these qualities to some degree or another, but uh, I think once, once you hear, you know, you tend to have a sense about you and the people in your life. Once you learn your dosha or, or learn what your constitution makeup is, I, I know for myself and for most people that I've talked to, it just brings about this huge amount of compassion about, oh, that's why I am the way I am. It's just my nature, you know, and it doesn't excuse bad behavior maybe, but it gives you a sense of what your tendencies are and why they are the way they are. Absolutely. Anything that brings on more compassion is going to help us feel more energized. Anything that brings on self-care and self-forgiveness, that is going to help us break up the dense feeling of feeling down and then getting upset with ourselves for feeling down. Anytime we can warm up the heart with compassion, it's a good thing. Absolutely. Well, sending tons of compassion your way, my friend. Yes, and tons of warming, heartfelt thoughts to you. All right. Love you. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior Podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.